It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Okay, OU stuff. People, how do we feel about a 230 OU Texas? And an interesting comment by Desan McCullough. In the National Football Roundup, we discussed some proposed rule changes to the clock in college football, and we finish up with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right? Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Wednesday, February 22nd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of February, all you got to do is visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this Tuesday night because we got some stuff going on all Wednesday. Ted, people, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. How we doing, man? How we feeling? Fantastic. I feel fantastic. Good stuff. We are we're recording during the middle of the OU basketball game. We have eyes on the game. It we don't know if they're gonna be your winner. Or loser. The, the suspense is killing me. I can't wait. <laughs> we will. Uh, I'll be able to to adjust on the fly, depending on the result. Yeah. Let's get to the OU football stuff first. And very rarely do we start with, hey, let's talk about some things that Texas's athletic director had to say. We, I, I don't think we've that ever we started. Like. Things that he said that we like. Yeah, I have not. Uh, I don't think we've started in the history of the podcast. I don't think we've started with, hey, let's get to some Chris Del Conte statements. But here we are. He spoke publicly this week, had some interesting things to say that clearly caught the attention of a lot of OU fans. First and foremost, they are trying to renew the contract for OU Texas to be at the Cotton Bowl after the current contract expires in three years. He was pretty adamant, like, hey, we want to keep that game 
at the Cotton Bowl. And then he dropped this little nugget. It seems like they would prefer, maybe they've even asked the SEC for OU in Texas to be a 2.30 p.m. kickoff there in Dallas. 2.30 OU Texas game. Ted, how are we feeling about it? What do we think? What The initial reaction. Let's go. I love it. I love it. I, I think 2.30 is it, – it's really the – it's the perfect kick time for a football game. You know, if you're on the road, 11 is nice to be able to get up, get out of the hotel, get it played, try and get back home. But for OU Texas, 2.30 is perfect. It is a critical window, uh, TV window that's really good. Now, you know, the 11 o'clock windows, they rate really good. They do. But I think that the when it's at 2.30, it has a l- little bit more big-time feel to it, right? The atmosphere does and just just kind of the overall impression of the game. I think the fans love it. Gives you a little bit more time to get yourself together in the morning and get over for the uh, the pregame festivities. I love it. I I just wonder if there are any people out there that don't want this change made. Right, and I I can speak from a player's perspective. I think it was my, it was my first year starting. So what was that? 2010, we played a 2:30 OU Texas game. So it's not like it's never, like never not happened. Right, we've seen it, and uh, unless my memory is failing me, I don't remember anything bad happening. I don't remember there being like drunken melees in the stands or anything like that. And it was a close game. It was a good game that we won, but I, I just, I understand that some people have concerns about that area of Dallas at night. I, I get that, but I think the vast majority of people would much rather have this game be played at two thirty than 11 AM. Cause it's just, it's easier for everyone involved, man. It just gives you a little more time to get down there to the fair. So I I really don't know what the pushback to a 2.30 kick would be. I'm sure there's some people that don't want it to happen. I, I just can't really think of any reasons why we wouldn't want this change. Only reasons are like easier to drive home get up, get it over with. But I think the vast majority, like the people that go down for OU Texas, they're going down for a damn party, right? And I, I think that the 2.30 just makes it a little bit easier on Friday night. You don't have the bright and early wake up waiting on you. Um, there's, I think there's less stress. Here's the thing that I, I think is the best about it. When you have an 11 a.m. kick, I, so you've got you've got Texas fans, you've got Oklahoma fans, and then you have just state fair goers, right? And for the 11 a.m. kick, everyone gets there at the exact same time. You know, 2.30, I think you can spread out the arrival window a little bit to where maybe it's not so chaotic right there in that couple hours leading up to the game probably helpful for everyone there there is nothing more stunning than the people that are walking around the fair looking around going what are all these people doing here (laughs) i know 
that have no idea the game is happening that day. Those people, those people truly baffle me. But I, and maybe this is the truth, right? ESPN's got the SEC game starting in 2024. That game's getting played when ESPN wants it to be played. Yep. Right. And that the SEC, like the primetime SEC game, it's been the 230 window. All right. That's that's what ESPN paid the big bucks for, right? Was that window that has meant so much to that conference for a while. And I would love for OU Texas to be that feature game every year. But that that, that would be good for OU. It, it'd just be it'd be good for Texas, clearly. But I don't know. It would just, I feel like it would raise the level of importance of that game to the other people in the SEC, right? Like, oh, okay. OU Texas is a big deal. Like they give it the primetime slot every single year. Like now we know. I, I just feel like, and I don't think we need the approval of the other SEC fan bases or anything like that, but that game just, it being no that it's slotted there, I think it would just give it that much more importance in the conference, which I think overall is good for the conference and good for Oklahoma football. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, the, another good thing about it is now that you're going to be in the SEC, there's you're not going to have competition for that spot. Like that weekend that we designate for OU Texas is there's not another premium SEC game on that weekend. I think Alabama-Tennessee is the third weekend in October, and I think Florida-LSU used to have something, but that's no longer tied to a specific weekend or anything. So you don't have to worry about any other big games in the SEC that you would be competing for that 230 window. Now, in some years, it may – line up that you've got a couple of highly ranked teams that are playing, but I think it's been, hasn't Alabama A&M lined up with OU Texas a couple times lately. Am I crazy? Uh, it, it definitely did in 21. Cause cause that's when they beat him. Yeah. And because there's that video of that guy that stormed both fields this is pretty amazing, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think OU Texas is, still quite a bit bigger than Bama uh, A&M. But I think that may be the only one. So that works. That helps. Yeah. So I, I, I would hope this change gets made. I think it's an easy adjustment for fans. Now, maybe there are some psychos out there that live in Oklahoma and like drive in morning of and drive home right after the game. That's crazy behavior. But other than those psychos, I, I can't imagine anyone wouldn't wouldn't like this change, especially the people that get after it on Friday night down there in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that is a you could definitely drive down day of for a two thirty kick. Getting home is going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, I get, I do a bunch of post game, but I usually get home around eight thirty. I think from the eleven a.m. kicks at OU Texas when I drive back. So, 
I add some time to that. I choose to stay down there and get very drunk. Smart. Now, whether it's happy drinking or sad drinking, you <laughs> you know, last year, whew, <laughs> I was I was not in good, not in a good place mentally. Trying to get to a place where you don't remember anything about the day, right? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, we'll we'll see what ends up happening. But the anticipation is if this time change does happen, which I think it's going to, that time change is coming in 2024 when OU and Texas are both in the SEC and ESPN controls that main SEC window there at 230. So We'll see, but it seemed like a lot of people were fired up about that, about the potential of that game being a 2.30 game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we we focused on some of the things that Peyton Bowen said right in the media availability last week and, and yesterday. I went through, I went back through and watched some of the other guys' interviews and some of the answers. Read some of the articles of their answers, and there was just there was one one thing that really stood out to me, and I had to get your thoughts on it, Ted. Desan McCullough, who you and I both agree. We are expecting to be an immediate contributor to this football team, right? Coming from Indiana after the season he had there. Now, what position he plays, that's a that's a different story. We'll find out in due time. But this quote was extremely interesting from, from the media availability. He said, quote, they kind of threw last season out the window. These guys don't walk around like a six and six team at all. They walk around like a 13 and O team. They walk around. Like, I feel like they want a national championship. That was very interesting to me. And I immediately thought of you when I heard him say it on video. I was like, huh? I think I know what he's trying to say. I feel like what he's trying to say is a compliment. But I know this. Those dudes better be not walking around like they're, they're a 13-0 football team. 
Right. Because they yeah. ain't. <laughs> I th- it's an interesting quote. Yeah, I think what he's saying is, well, I, I don't want to try and characterize what he's saying. I guess I'll take it as this. Um, it's a team that, because they went six and six, isn't expecting to improve to nine and three. They're expecting to go out, get better, and compete for championships. Which, if that's the case, I like it. You know, because, you know, it, if your confidence is everything. Now you gotta have you gotta have the actual goods to back it up, you know. <laughs> you gotta have something there, but like a tentative, scared team isn't good. But you want a team that, you know, is honest when they look in the mirror about where they are, right? So I guess we'll see exactly what he meant by that as the year unfolds, right? I, I I thought a lot about what it meant, right? <laughs> I was thinking a lot about it, and, and maybe this is a factor. The guy's coming from Indiana, right? And OU football is just different than Indiana football, man. It's just it's just different. Now you're playing the same sport and you have the same goals and all that, but wearing close to the same uniform. Yeah, wearing close to the same uniform. The symbol is even rather close. (laughs) But I I wonder if it's just one of these things where he got there and he was like, okay, this is different. Like the expectation, like the day-to-day, how these guys and this coach, like how everyone here carries themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and you and I know that. Like, don't have to lie. When you're playing there, like you – you walk around with a certain attitude towards you. You know, it's just, it is what it is, but I don't know. I just saw it like, they don't walk around like a six and six team. I was like, well, that's because they weren't, they were six and seven team. <laughs> yeah. I I hope it's a, uh... I think it's a positive thing, but it is, it certainly caught my attention. How was the delivery when he said it? It, it very positive. It was like okay. l- even the look on his face, like you know, like hey, they don't walk around like a six and six team at all. You know, it's like yeah. okay, I think I know what you're saying. I don't love how it reads on paper, <laughs> but I know <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. Hey, I this this isn't. Hey, we were six and seven last year. Next year, as long as we have a winning record, you know, that's improvement. No, that's that's not how it works. He'd be even more shocked to see how things were the year before when they were 9-0 and and the fans were ready to tear the stadium down. You know, it's, it's got to be a bit of an adjustment. But that's good, man. If, if this, the standard is what everyone talks about and the standard is not 8-5, and five. I wonder, because you and I, we both spent our entire careers at Oklahoma, right? I wonder how different it is for him. Like, you're coming from Indiana to OU, right? Because you you would think it's pretty similar 
from what you're doing day to day, right? I, I feel like all D1 programs operate relatively similarly. But I wonder if it just, like, you can just feel the difference. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, well, there should be quite the difference whenever you're you're kind of walking around the halls and you're seeing, like, the active NFL guys and you're seeing the trophy cases and seeing the national championship banners hanging there and the you know, he probably walked in the indoor and saw all the Big 12 championship banners hanging in there that, you know, pretty rip off almost every single year. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I see what we're talking about here. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some of that, but, you know, for a guy, I, he's not your typical Indiana football player. Right. You know, and I I imagine he, he kind of looks around and is sizing some guys up and is like, okay couple more football players here but i doubt he's intimidated by anything no i hope it's kind of interesting to think like what is it like because there's you can't be a power five program and and like there's some laid back good old boy atmosphere right it's just no the days of that you just can't there's no way so i mean i'm imagine it's it's all fairly similar kind of like the nfl i mean NFL, almost every every team that I was with, it's all fairly fairly the same, except for the quarterback. Quarterback's the big difference in the NFL. Yes, it does. But yeah, I just I, I found that extremely interesting when when I read that quote. And all I know is I would love for them to be 13 and 0. That'd be great. Well, and then I, they can walk around like a 13 and 0 team. Sign me up for that. I'm yeah, in. I'm yeah. so in. I you know, he I think he's going to fortunately or unfortunately for him, he'll figure out real quick like what it's like because I don't even know if he's aware of it, but I there's a lot of folks myself included that are looking at him saying like you're supposed to fix our defense, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know no that pressure. whole that whole walking around feel like they won a national championship thing yeah we think you're going to be a big part of that yeah, so it's you were here yeah no i just i thought it was really interesting okay one last thing and i just i wanted to point this out because i i think these guys they've got a good opportunity these guys have a good opportunity a couple of ou players got selected in the old usfl draft so the way that the draft worked, there's eight teams in the league, 10 rounds, so 80 picks overall. Deshaun White got picked with the 32nd pick to the Michigan Panthers. And how about this? Jeffrey Johnson to the Houston Gamblers, 34th overall. So a couple fifth rounders there in the USFL draft, Ted. League you played in, man. Uh, Yeah, I think that think this is uh good for those guys and i don't know you know since the the nfl stuff hasn't started rolling around i'm sure that if they get an opportunity to be a um you know on an nfl roster by free agency or whatever i'm sure there's a clause where they can get out of that 
uh, if they need to, um, if they sign a contract, like, I don't even know, like, what that process is going to look like. But get on a, if you can go after college and play football and still have a chance to be coached by some well known coaches, I promise you the NFL is looking for players in these leagues. So it's a, it's another opportunity. And, you know, you look at Deshaun White, right? A guy that, you know, played a lot of ball, but didn't get a combine invite. This is, this is another opportunity for him to show what he can do right out there on the field. And what was it? It was Kevante Turpin, right? He was the USFL MVP last year, ends up kick, you know, being the kick returner for the Dallas Cowboys. Now it is, I, I don't know how many of those stories there are going to be, but you know, maybe Deshaun White gets in that league and shows something. And that results in him getting getting into an NFL camp or I, I don't know. This league starts in April, I believe. So I don't know. It just I was excited for those guys, chance to play some more football, and you never know. Maybe you maybe you catch someone else's attention. Yep. And you know, if it starts in April, you know, you go a couple of months in in, in that season and I'm the NFL, that's like the down period of the NFL, right? That's whenever the draft is is getting wrapped up and, you know, they're, they've got their, their personnel, their rosters are getting closer and closer to being set. Like, that's going to be the thing. If, if that's going on at the time, there's going to be a lot of NFL scouts watching, looking for talent. It would be yeah. good. All right, let's get to call your shot. And we got an interesting uh, – we asked you what was the most important thing that happened this week for OU football. And this one comes from at sooner magic with a K says having the number one defensive line transfer class, according to 24 seven sports LFG exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. So obviously 24 seven sports ranks those things. Now they're doing a really good job. Uh, along with on three and rivals of now incorporating the transfer portal stuff into those, in some of those rankings. And, but this team needed an influx of talent and production and experience along the defensive line. And this is the way I'll put it. I'd rather them have the number one defensive line transfer class than not have it. You know, that's, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And I think that we got a really good mix um, you got a guy that's got an incredibly high ceiling in Trace Ford if he can stay healthy. You've got a guy that's got a ton of of big time Power Five football experience in Bothroyd and production to back that up. Um, you got some interior help with Sears and Lacey. So I think all in all, it it has a chance to be. Really, really solid. And I guess you could even factor in McCullough as an edge guy at times, you know, because he, he did quite a bit of that last year at Indiana. So I, of those guys that are just kind of dedicated to, to that group, I mean, I think there's a pretty good chance that there's a lot of production that comes from, from that group of players. Yeah, and just going back and thinking of what Venables said last week, those guys are expected to to contribute right away. And that's why they're here. I mean, that, that's why they're here. So, yeah, it's 
it's a good thing right now the hope is to where you get to, you get to a point where you're recruiting so well and you're developing so well that you don't have to be the number one uh, ranked defensive line transfer destination now you'll take all the good guys you can get via the portal don't get me wrong but that's the goal get to uh, get to that point where we're no longer even worried about it we want to win the best defensive line transfer portal award after the season right we the the preseason award for that is fine and everything and it's and it's good to you know to to have some some good positive momentum and feeling good about it heading into the the off season but if we're talking about how great this transfer portal was for the defensive line as you know we're headed into the postseason or wrapping things up then that's what we want we want this to turn into real world production and i think yep. it's got a really good chance to yeah it better or else <laughs> it could be another long year on defense man. yes sir birthday shout outs time happy fourth birthday to max win happy ninth birthday to kirk faulkner okay we've got a late of late edition 16th birthday going right here happy 16th birthday to Owen Homan. Happy 41st birthday to Dennis Almy. Congratulations to Cayman and Andrew. Ooh, that can't be right. Cayman and Andrea. Did I mess it up? Oh, no, I Kamen messed it up. They got Andrea? married. Andrea. It's got to be Cayman and Andrea, right? I don't know. It's that Andrew's pretty convincing there. Cayman is a boy's name, correct? Got to be. He doesn't have to be. Carmen this is embarrassing. And I, I'm. You know what? I can look it up. I bet you I still have it in my. Uh, <laughs> Cayman and Andrea Watkins. I Andrea. found it. <laughs> Love it. Congratulations <laughs> to Cayman and Andrea Watkins in the. Dumbest congratulations ever. I'm so sorry that I ruined that for you guys. Congratulations on getting married, you two. Oh, that's great. I wish you a life of marital bliss and happy 56th birthday to David Patterson. All right, let's get to the National College Football Roundup. Talking some rule change possibilities. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Loves Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Loves Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And, of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamori. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in better self-comfort, go to opolisclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. You still get a discount on all of the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. 
opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. Do you see the new graphic tee? Yeah. Very yeah. sweet. It's on there now, dude. Use nice. promo code TED. Money. 90s style graphic tee. We're so hip. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. Okay, so this is, and there's been multiple reports that have been put out there about this, but rules changes for college football have been proposed by the College Football Officials Board of Managers, which is one hell of an organization title. How about that? And these these rule changes could be implemented as soon as this season. Now they have to be voted upon. Obviously, there's a process involved here, but these have to do with the clock in college football. So do you want to hit each one and comment on each one, or we don't want to go through them all and comment on them all together? You co- you make the call. Uh, let's Let's hit each one. Okay. The first rule change suggestion. Prohibiting consecutive timeouts. Like dead ball. So basically, I think this is a rule to stop icing kickers like with multiple timeouts in a row. I think it's dumb. If you take back-to-back timeouts, they're not going to go to another commercial break. At that period, it's going to be the end of the half. The network's already used their breaks, and it's really not going to matter. The kicker's going to walk over there, sweep the leg a couple of times, quick 30 seconds, and you're back out there. They'll probably pass it, and I'm fine with that. You know, I I really it really doesn't bother me either way, but I don't think ultimately it's going to be a difference in any measurable time at all across all of college football games. The question I have is: Is it just going to be applied to kicking situations? Because at the end of a game, let's say it's the end of the game. It's fourth and what fourth and five from the five games on the line, right? Offense comes out in the formation defense calls timeout, right? And if you have another timeout on defense, like in that way, you talk about the formation, talk about maybe something that you could change to, they come out in something different. Can oh, the crap, defense not 10. call timeout? Yeah, we got 10 guys. We didn't get our right package out there. Can they not call timeout again? That's that's the only question I have. Like, is it just going to be applied to kicking situations? Uh, because I could see a situation where, hey, man, you may have to call back-to-back timeouts every once in a while. Well, I mean, it's a good point you bring up. That's why I think it's it's not worth doing because I like things that make sense. And – if you can't call back-to-back timeouts to ice a kicker, you shouldn't be able to call back-to-back timeouts at any other point in the game, right? Like, I don't view it as a special situation. It may not even be a kick. If the holder bobbles the ball, he may be picking it up to throw it. So I need it to, like, really make sense. And 
I think what you bring up is that's what I say. Like, I don't know that there'd be any measurable difference. I mean, how many games a weekend are they calling multiple timeouts to ice kickers? I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's going to be that big of a difference. Could be wrong. Maybe it happens constantly, but um, if it messes something else up like that, then I don't think it's worth doing. Yeah. No, I hear you. That that seems fair. Okay, on to the next rule change proposal. No longer extending a first or third quarter for an untimed down if the quarter ends on a defensive penalty which is which is an interesting one right i this is another one similar to what you just said about you know calling back to back timeouts to ice a kicker how many times do we see an untimed down at the end of a first or third quarter because of a defensive hold or a hands to the face or whatever like it i don't know it just it doesn't happen very often or maybe it happens way more than i realize but i just I'm fine with this rule, I think, because I don't think it's going to affect very many games at all. I would tweak it and say it's up to the offense to determine if they'd like to take that untimed down now when maybe they've got the wind or something. Yep. Or if they'd like to take the uh, the down after the exchange of quarters. I, I completely agree. In the, you know, people that go to OU games realize like the wind could be a factor. Yeah. And, and the wind, and the wind is often why you choose a certain end of the field. Yeah. Right. So I think I, I'm with you. I think the offense should be able to choose. And, and this is, this may be not the best point to bring up, but. What happens if you're down big, man? Like you need every second, every snap you can get if you're that offense. So I I I like what you suggested. Like, hey, just let the offense determine it. Like yeah. if they want to use it or not. Like if you're up, clearly you don't want the untimed down. You wanna you wanna move on to the fourth quarter. Let's flip the field, let's roll. Yeah. But like a like if you got a um a neutral zone or something uh, and the offense gets a free play, but it's a punt and you're punting into the wind and you get a chance to, you know, if you want the free, free untimed down, you should be able to opt out of it to punt with the wind if you want to, or if the wind happens to be at your back and you want to repunt right then you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's, some situations where that's why it should be up to the offense. If there's, cause there's some external factors there that could have a, uh, an impact on what decision you might make. Yeah, no, I'm for you. Okay. The, the next one is the one that I think has the best chances of passing it. And, and honestly, I think I would not be surprised if it's implemented this season. The proposal is that the clock continues to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside of two minutes of each half. I am, I'm all good with that, man. I I really am. I I think that, I, I do think 
having it stop on a first down inside of two minutes is more fun. Right? It, it's really hard in the NFL, and I know that you know Patrick Mahomes, the whole 13 seconds kind of has ruined everyone's viewpoint on that whole thing, but it, it's really hard to go win an NFL game if you don't have any timeouts and there's only like a minute left on the clock. Yeah. it A minute feels like eternity at the end of a college football game because the clock stops with first downs. And it, it just, it creates more suspense. So I, if they want to wind the clock after first downs, except for the last two minutes of each half, I, I think that sounds great. I got no problem with it. Sign me up. Yeah. I think I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't see, I don't think there's I don't think there's a, a big problem with it. I'm fine. Except for the two minutes before uh the end of a half. I'm okay. Like I'm gonna I'll have some idea like to wrap all of this up when we talk about it at the end. But as far as this individual rule, I'm I'm fine with it. And and the last thing they're kicking around, and I don't think there's any way this ever gets passed. The clock runs after an incomplete pass. Once the ball is spotted, I just, I don't see it ever happening, man. And I think it's dumb. I just think it's stupid. I don't know exactly why I think it's so stupid. It just sounds silly. And I I think they're doing it in the XFL. Maybe that's why it's not as silly to some, but I don't know. You throw an incomplete pass, the clock stops. I, I don't, it just feels right. Like I don't mind if you throw an ink. Like I, I think it, there should be the time restriction, like the last two minutes, obviously, right? Incomplete right. pass, like if you're trying to kill it and all that, all of that stuff. Um, I think it should stop in the last two minutes. I don't necessarily have a problem if you throw an incomplete pass and the ball is now spotted for play and then they and then they run I I I don't have that big of a problem with it but just just imagine this though This episode is brought to you by Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You run a play. You throw an incomplete pass. You then hurry up to the football to snap it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels wrong to me. Well... I'll tell you who it's wrong for is the defense. You know, I, 
incomplete pass, a deep ball, deep foul ball. And, you know, they're right back on it, you know, right back on the, on the ball. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fine. Like you can't, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but you can't do both of those. Like you're going to have to pick one. And if I have to pick one, I'd pick running the clock after the first down. I agree. I expect the clock running after first downs, except for inside two minutes of each half. I expect that to be implemented. I do. Yeah. I I feel like I've talked about this before on here. I do not understand. And it's hard for everyone. It's hard for players. It's hard for coaches. It's hard for fans. It's hard for refs. College football in the National Football League should have the same rules. The exact same rules. The hash marks should be in the same spot, and the refs should only have to know one set of rules. Broadcasters should only have to know one set of rules. Hey, these are the rules for big-time football, and they're all the same. That would be... I don't understand how we're not there in 2023, the year of our Lord, 2023, Ted. And we can't just get universal rules for big time college football in the national football league. It's ridiculous. Why is, why would high school be any different? Exactly. Throw high school. Come on, <laughs> high school kids. Let's do it. No, I'm with you. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm realistic though. I I know that that's, that that's not going to happen. It makes it makes a lot of sense. I wish it was done that way, but you can get you can get closer than what they are. Um, here's the here's here's my thing. If you're worried about the real world time of games, there's better ways to do it than what they've suggested. The number one way to do to speed it up is the current review system they have in college football. It is horrible. I don't need an official to stop play, have a quick conference, say the play is under review, jog 80 yards downfield, have some guy on the sideline bring out some stupid little stand. He jostles with the headset to get it on make sure the connection's okay can you hear me how's it going up there and then you watch the play we don't need both people watching the play the booth can do it make the decision quick and get it back down that's the best way to to speed up college football because they review everything and it's a it's an ordeal every single time. And frankly, the guys on the field are biased whenever they're ruling on their own call, right? So take it out of their hands, put it up in the booth, get it done quick. The way the XFL was doing it, I think, is fantastic where you've got transparency. You hear the whole conversation. I love that. There's there's no reason to do it the current way that they do it. Second way to speed the games up, the fake injury crap. That is BS. 
if you lay your ass on the football field, you should have to come out that series and the next series. You can't convince me otherwise. If you're ready to come back in on that series, you're not hurt enough to have laid on the field. If you're ready to come back in in the following series, you're not hurt enough to lay on the field. Get up, hobble off. You got a cramp, hobble off. I That will speed up the game. I love how much you hate the fake injury stuff. It's horrible, man. It is, it's horrible. I, it's horrible. It is horrible, and it's – I mean, that it's tough on officials. Like, they're in a they, – I mean, what are they supposed to do? Like, hey, man, are you faking? Like, they're, they can't, they're I mean, in a they, terrible spot they there. Yeah, they, they no can't really do anything. It's no different than the basketball game crap that we watched earlier this year. You know, don't, don't get me, don't get all those high school basketball fans tweeting at me again. <laughs> it's disrespectful. It was like an onslaught game. for a week. <laughs> and I still believe in my heart of hearts, what that coach asked those kids to do is complete and utter horse poop. <laughs> it's disrespectful to the game. Correct. If, if you change the replay procedure and you change the, fake injury crap you've made up the 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 time between the two like to get more in line with what the NFL is also you got 20 minutes of halftime that you can play with if you want to tighten things up yeah what's NFL halftime 12 12 and i i do believe like that's your difference between NFL and college right there yeah it's i i saw Ross Dellinger wrote an article about this entire thing the average FBS game this year was three hours and 21 minutes. The average NFL game was three hours and 10 minutes. No. So now the problem is that's average, right? Yeah. There are some short games. Three hour, 21 minute game this year. <laughs> yeah. There are some short games like Army's playing some two hour games. Yeah. And then we were in some four hour, 15 minute daddies. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. There's injuries. A, it's because we go fast and people want to do the fake injury crap and you get reviews. You got targeting reviews. You got half times. It's just. I, I, I do think that some of these, some of these rule changes are going to happen and it's all going to be labeled under player safety, right? That's, and, and we all want. Now, let me say this. Football is not a safe game. It never will be a safe game, but we all want it to be as safe as it possibly can be at every level. I, I think everyone can agree with that. But player safety is going to be what, when these rule changes, or at least I, I expect at least one of them, maybe two of them, to get implemented, if not next season, this season, it, it's going to be that player safety is going to be the talking point. Right. And one of the things is, Dude, there's just a lot of plays in college football games, right? With tempo and everything, with just some of the different ways that college football operates compared to the NFL. And I think that's what they want to do because you're you're adding you're adding more games with the extended college football playoff. And I know that's only going to be for a handful of teams, but you're adding games. And I think the way that you justify that, if you are a conference commissioner or athletic director, or university president is say, Hey, 
we're going to reduce the number of plays in the other games. We're going to reduce the total number of plays and changing changing some of these clock rules is it, it is a way to do that. And I, I also read in that Dellinger article, they are starting to talk about an NFL style challenge system instead of the review system that college football is currently operating under. So it's, I, I think that's how it's going to be labeled Ted. it's going to be a, it's going to be a player safety thing. Yeah. And I got no problem with it. And I know a lot of people are thinking right now, if you want to make the game faster, then you just cut out some of the commercial breaks. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing. Number one, that's not going to happen, right? We got to make money for this thing. But number two, in the multi-year study that they did, games that are televised versus games that are not televised, there was only a two-minute difference in the average length. thought that was interesting. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't – how's that even true? But I was like, hey, the dad is staring me right there in the face. But I j- – just the play thing, I-, I think I remember it was the NFL games average 155 plays. In FBS games, average 180. So that's, I mean, 25 plays is it's a lot of collisions, man. It's a lot of collisions. 25 plays over a over a 12 game season. What's that? 300 snaps. Yeah. So that's, I I do think, and I that's do a think, lot of football, dude. And now, like, think about a few. And I know it's only going to be a couple teams, but think about if. You go, you don't have a first round bye, and you make the national title game. Like, it's a lot of football, man. It's a lot of snaps. Yep. So I, I do think them just running the clock after first downs, except for inside two minutes of each half. I think that's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen this season. I hope it does. And I'm interested to see how that reduces the number of plays in games. I They cannot do the run the clock after the ball is spotted after an incomplete pass. It will look ridiculous. I won't stand for it, Ted. Like (laughs) I'm just imagining, just think of this. The Sooners threw quite a few bubble screens this year, right? Yeah. Threw a few of them incomplete, right? Just imagine Dylan Gabriel. He takes the snap. He fires a bubble screen to Farouk. Oh, it's a little high. It's incomplete. They line up. He turns. He fires a bubble screen the other way. It's just like it would be absurd. They kind of they almost do that anyways. Like I know he catches it. That's what's happening. That's no. I'm with you. I if you really want my opinion, oh boy, people don't like this. I would say that you have to huddle. Make a rule that you have to get in the huddle. Unless it's unless you're in like a two or four minute type of situation. Like, cause if that's really what they're talking about, like if you really want less snaps, and I get it because you have to you have to like really push the envelope in college football with the rules because like in the NFL, it doesn't it doesn't matter as much because the rosters are so similar. But in college, you have one roster that is so much better than the other that the team that doesn't have the horses has to find a way by going fast and by doing some things to try and keep themselves in the game. Like, And I get that, and I, and I don't necessarily want that to change, but I, I think the product would be better if everyone kind of slowed down. 
I 100% agree. <laughs> it may not be popular, but I, I – And I played – I mean, I played in Kevin Wilson's offense, right? We went about as fast as you could go at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice to get in the huddle every once in a while. <laughs> would have been really nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's but just, it's a little there's there's a rhythm and there's like a cadence to football, like when, even when you're watching it, you know what I'm saying? It's like you build up for a play, and it's a big result. Or okay, we didn't get it. Let's regroup. What do you think we should do here? Let's try and. But now it's just like, <laughs> dude, that even... that's the one thing. And I know you and I have talked about this about calling a game, especially with how fast OU's offense is going under Levy. As a player, like you never get that reset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, hey, that plays over, reset, collect yourself, clear your mind, clear your thoughts. Let's go do it again. Here we go. Sign yourself up for another car crash. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. But no, it's just like bam, bam, bam. You're just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, I, but that's like, I, I, I understand why people do it. And that's kind of the hard yeah. thing. It's like, if you want, if you want there to continue to be chances that your your underdog can go in and beat someone on a random day, you've got to you got to leave things in like that. I hear you. It would be nice if OU got to a point from a roster building standpoint where they looked at their guys and they went, you know what? I think we'll just get in the huddle this season. We'll just huddle. And then run it for eight yards and then huddle and then just like plow you over. You know, that's, I think that's what everyone's striving to do at some point. But here's the other part of it, man, because of recruiting, not to go on other tangents, it's like there was a point where, like, if you could win a game by doing that, you absolutely would. If you could snap it 40 times on offense and, and smoke somebody, that's what you do. But now, uh, your your quarterback needs to throw for four thousand yards, right? You got you got award season, right? We need we need guys with production and points and touchdowns to where the people wa- the kids watching the high school want to come and catch fifteen touchdowns in a in a fast offense. So that that factors into it too. Yeah, and ultimately, and, and I not to disrespect our friends at the old college football officials board of managers but ultimately i feel like if the tv networks want to want to streamline the games a little bit and have them fit a little better in those windows that they've paid so much money for rule change is probably going to happen yep probably strongly suggested by fox esp to whoever right like hey Let's uh, let's get a, let's get a better idea of how long these games are gonna be. Yeah, let's get a little more consistency. It's it's like um, you guys can vote on it if you want, but you know you know where the money's coming from. This is what we want the games to fit into. So figure it out. <laughs> I I've got a feeling that's part of that conversation. Players that you can say player safety all you want. We know. We know the companies write the huge checks in college football. Player safety is a lot easier for people to swallow than the networks are telling us that we have to do this. 
Oh, that's funny. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first... Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, Contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from any insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Well, I thought about going with Westbrook. Looks like he's staying in L.A. I mean, it's not bad that you play for a new franchise and you don't even have to move homes. All right. That's a and, good thing. And he's from there. So he gets and to stay, stay in the same place. And it's his, it's his home. Dude, it's crazy. How many, I mean, you think about him signing that max deal with the thunder and six teams now. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. a five-year deal. He was coming off an MVP. He's on a sixth team. That's things can change quick in sports, man. Damn. But yeah. hey, I love what Russ did for Oklahoma City. I'm hoping he can be a a winning player on that team. I have my doubts, right? But I think with everything that he means to a lot of people around here, like we want to see him, we want to see him succeed. And man, they just. That situation with the Lakers was not great. And it's not like he's blameless in it, but right. hopefully it works out better for him with the Clippers. Yep. Um, but my winner, Trey Young, maybe. Nate McMillan's gone in Atlanta. They've been uh, at each other's throats, I guess, since December. Uh, a couple of disagreements there. Uh, so Trey Young's maybe going to get someone else. He, he gets along with a little bit better, but some people starting to say there could be a narrative starting to float around about Trey Young. Hope that's not the case. Um, hopefully they get someone in there that can, uh, that can update them to the next level. Are they starting to call him a CK? There's, there's some of that floating around out there. Coach killer. Could be hard to get the, 
the best coaches in there because of some of the uh the do, reputation. Do you see perhaps. the do you see the rumored top target? No. Quinn Snyder. Okay. Yeah. Done some interesting. Good yeah. I don't know, but uh hopefully something gets gets settled there and they get back to play some good basketball. I want Trey to to have a lot of success there and um being at odds with your coach is not a good thing. So hopefully he settles in, they get the right guy there. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, maybe they maybe they string together some wins. Who knows? But it's it's starting to feel like what was it a couple two years ago, that trip to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, hey, here we go. It kind of feels like that was a bad thing for that organization in a weird way. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It's it's strange. It's, but... it's a distant memory at this point. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. You and I just watched the end of the OU game, watched the second half. I've got a feeling, but Ted, who do you have as your loser of the week? OU men's hoops. Ugh. They've got to be lead. They, I mean, they're number one in the loser of the week standings. There's, I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. They have been the most consistent. Ah, it's tough. Uh, Amosil hits the three. It's a three point game. Couple minutes to go. You're in your own building. Let's go. Let's rally, boys. Too many easy <sighs> buckets on the defensive end. Too many like difficult possessions on the offensive end. It just looks like everything is such a struggle, right? They get in some. No, I, it's not always. They do get in some uh, some moments where they get in a nice flow. They got some rhythm to them. They got get some stops and turn those into offense. But man, whenever the game starts to get into crunch time and really slows down, it's like playoff basketball, right? The the last five minutes are totally different than the rest of the game. And feels like whenever those those crunch time situations show up, we just can't get anything going. Getting getting cooked by Jalen Tyson is one thing. I that guy is gonna be I mean, he's what a sophomore. He he's gonna be legit. Getting cooked by Amax another. I mean, my goodness, guys. How many easy baskets is the big bearded guy gonna get at the rim? That was frustrating. I know. Dude, that's been that's been a that's been a recurring theme, I feel like since Spangler was done at OU. Like we get pushed around at the rim and we've got guys kind of playing out of position, having to defend some of these bigger bodies, bigger athletic bodies. And it's just been, it's been tough, man. Been tough. We got to get some size. Got to find some shooting too. And shooting size. We just follow me on this Mm -hmm. guys that are tall. With long arms that can jump high, that are strong, and can shoot. How's that sound? Come on. But yeah. can they, they got a handle too? Yeah, and can dribble the rock. How about and that? Can dribble the, huh? Okay. 
If we could find some of those guys, we'll be we'll be locked in. That's frustrating, man. I'm, I I hate it for those guys. I know they put a ton of work in. It's a grind. I know it. It's brutal. Close game after close game. I feel for them. Nine of 33 from the three-point line. Yeah. That is... We're we're inadequate in so many areas. We're kind of reduced to... If we're hot from three, got a chance to win. If we're not, it's going to be really difficult. Here's... Here's the thing for me. It's like you score 63 points at home against Tech. That's that ain't good enough, man. Yeah. I, I don't care what the shot selection looks like. This team also has a lot of trouble finishing at the rim for whatever reason. They just have trouble putting the ball in the basket. Let's be real. In your own building against that. That team, and I know they're on a bit of a run, right? Mark yeah, Adams has that team. Four they're, straight now. Four straight now. They're back healthy. And all of a sudden, they, they started 0-8 in Big 12 play. And I think they got a realistic shot of making the tournament. Yeah, that, what, were they first four out? Is that what yeah. they were on today? Bracketology? Yeah. So they're... And they've they've got some big time opportunities left, right? Because they got TCU, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. We could be the only Big Twelve team to not make the tournament. Why'd you have to say that? Just it's true. It's realistic a, because West Virginia and Tech don't have each other left. Oklahoma State's fading a bit here as we get to the close, but they're still in as of right now. Last four in, I think. Yeah. Another Oklahoma basketball loss that makes us very sad. Dude, this football-basketball combo, I just... Here's the thing, though, man. You just... You gotta embrace the pain. Okay. This is what living is, okay? Okay. It makes the It makes the rocket ship, it makes the good seasons feel so much better. It can't always be good. It just can't. You've got to have a little bit of yin and yang here, man. Could, could I have it be not this bad, though? Like when it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not good? Yeah, yeah. Is that too much to ask? That's fair. Not to be dead. Like, I'd take ninth in the Big 12 instead of dead last. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we last year... The Diamond Sports both played in the national championship. The women won it. And we're we're taking our lumps on the other end of that. Like, you can't win everything. Things are going to flip. It's going to come around. I'll take your word for it. Let's get to my winner and loser. But first... John Vance Auto Group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years. They're family-owned and operated, and they got nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. 
buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all the manufacturer recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership. And if something goes wrong with components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at VanceAutoGroup.com. And First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. This is all awesome. There's one right on the way to Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. You drive right by one, people. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, for my winner of the week, thought about going with Tyree Wilson. Ted, this was a guy that you and I, we were bummed when when he he ended up being injured at the end of the season and, and didn't play against the Sooners. But this dude is rising, man. I saw Daniel Jeremiah. He put his mock draft out, and I, I'm a big fan of DJ. I think he does a really good job with his draft analysis. He's got Tyree Wilson going third overall to Arizona. A defensive player from Texas Tech. Crazy. Third overall, my dude. A defensive player from Texas Tech who, if you polled most fan bases in the conference, they wouldn't know who he is. Like, this, he's not a superstar player. He's massive. Massive human being. Oh, my. If he played at I, any of the top, like, 15 programs in the country, he'd probably be number one overall by a million miles. I got a question for you. Tyree Wilson, if it were up to you, Tyree Wilson in the top five or... Will McDonald in the last five picks of the first round. Tyree Wilson. Damn. I love Will McDonald, dude. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Now that he finally gets to rush the passer like a normal human being. He's got great length, but does he have, does he have enough? Like, are you, are you questioning the lead in his pencil? I'm question. Well, I'm not questioning it. I think he'll be a good player. I think Tyree Wilson's got a chance to be a like superstar. I'd be shocked if he's not. You want a little friendly wager? Like Miles Garrett. More sacks as a rookie. You take Wilson. I'll take McDonald. That's not the best way to measure how good of a year a guy had. But pretty decent. I mean, it's the most fun way. Come on. Come on. What are you scared? You chicken? I'm down. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not scared. I don't know what I'm going to make you give me, but because I'm definitely going to win. But <laughs> but it, it's it's exciting news for Tyree Wilson. And, man, the NFL draft, what's it, like two months away? Yeah. get It's closing in, man. So it is. We'll be talking a lot more uh, draft, mock draft moving forward. But my winner of the week. And I'm not happy about it. Kansas basketball. Mm. Ted, they just keep winning games. They smack Baylor on Saturday. 
incredible second half, dominant second half against the Baylor Bears. Then turn around, and what do they do on Monday? They go win in Fort Worth in an ugly one, a rock fight. This thing was not pretty. If you enjoy watching players hit three-point shots, this was not the game for you. This was not your game. But they just find ways to get it done, man. Grady Dick was the key for them, in my opinion. I thought he was really good. Kansas just made plays late in the last few minutes, just locked TCU down, forced them into some bad shots. They looked uncomfortable as hell. And we couldn't even blame the rest because the game was in Fort Worth. So I, Kansas is now in first place in the Big 12. Dewan Harris is out of the funk. He's back to his normal self. Even when Jalen Wilson struggles to shoot the ball, the guy's still a beast on the boards. Playing really good defense. Bill Self's an awesome coach. Kansas basketball. Damn you, Kansas basketball. And, hey, Dick's been huge down the stretch, you know. (laughs) Played well recently. I I have tried my absolute best on my Big 12 radio show to... I just say Grady Dick's full name constantly. (laughs) He's like the one guy. It's like he's a full name guy for me because I'm not mature enough. (laughs) I'm just, I know myself. And it's like, anytime I'm talking about Kansas, if I don't call him by his full name, then we're in trouble, man. Like the segment, (laughs) it's going to come off the rails. It's going to be bad. It's going to be pun after pun after pun. And I just, I'll tell you this much. That dude can ball. Yeah. I think we may be watching the last of him in college basketball. I mean, he's really come on uh, as a player. I mean, Dick has come on hard, man. Um, he has. He has. He's uh, he's stud. And last thing I'll say about that game. TCU. You're at home. Kansas is not shooting the ball well. How can you let Max Duggan down like that? The dude shows up with a few minutes to go in the game. He comes straight from the Davey O'Brien Award Banquet to support you guys. You got to win the game. I don't know. You can't have the Heisman runner-up show up, show his support. He's in a tux. The guy's in a tux. And you let the Jayhawks outplay you in the last couple minutes? Take a bunch of bad shots? Can't score? It's ridiculous. Get yourselves together, TCU basketball. They don't deserve to win it with that floor that they've got. <laughs> so many people hate that floor. <laughs> it is weird looking, man. It really is, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool for a second, but then it becomes a bit much. Yeah. Just accept it, people. Kansas is gonna be a one seed. They're gonna make another deep run. Or maybe they'll lose early again. And who who knows? But they're playing some good ball. You just you cannot deny that. All right, my loser of the week. Thought about going, and this is very random. I, I can guarantee you this has never been mentioned on this podcast. Cal State Fullerton softball. <laughs> no, that's because not. that's OU softball's next opponent. Sooners dropped the one against Baylor. Baylor's got a hell of a pitcher. Uh, thought they were going to pull it out. Just couldn't get the bats going those last couple of innings. 
OU softball's eighth loss in the last three years. Will we get to double digits this year? Maybe. I don't I don't know. Who cares as long as you win the whole thing, right? Yeah, that's all that all I care is about June, baby. Come on. But I I just wouldn't want to be Cal State Fullerton softball knowing that you gotta play them after Patty Gasso undoubtedly is just getting after them all week long in practice. That's not a position I'd want to be in. Get right game before uh, one versus two coming up, right? Right. So, yeah. Sorry, Cal State. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but my loser of the week, and this is, uh, this is a complicated subject, but the Brandon Miller situation is mind-blowing to me. So, little background, if you're unfamiliar with the story. Brandon Miller is Alabama's stud freshman. A lot of you OU fans, you may remember Brandon Miller from when OU played Bama and smacked him, by the way. But Brandon Miller's their best player. And back in January, an Alabama basketball player, Darius Miles, was one of two men that was charged with capital murder for the death of a 23-year-old woman in a shooting at what's called the Strip in Tuscaloosa. So th- think Bama's version of Campus Corner. Right? It's where all the students go out, go to the bars, go to restaurants. This is awful, horrible, right? They kicked Miles off the team. Uh, you know, Alabama, everyone put, you know, they put out their statements, that whole thing. Well, this is why Brandon Miller is my loser of the week. On Tuesday, we learned that the gun that was used to murder that woman was delivered to the strip by Brandon Miller. Darius Miles texts him, asks him to bring him his gun. And Brandon Miller, a guy that is the best player on one of the best teams in the country, a guy that is pretty much in every NBA mock draft you look at, is a lock to be a top five pick in the NBA draft. Said, yeah, man, all right, and brought him his gun to the strip, which was then used by another man to kill this one. Left his car. Listen, man. Well, apparently his car and the other Another teammate's car was like blocking him in. Right. And listen. It, it sounds like there was some tor- sort of disagreement between these two men and the woman, and then her boyfriend got involved, and everything escalated. But, and, and I don't know anything about Brandon Miller. All I know is what I've seen from watching him play basketball. And the guy can ball. He can absolutely, he can absolutely play. But how stupid can you be, man? You are, and and I know nothing about his background. I know nothing about his upbringing. I don't care. When you are about to make generational wealth, let's say he's the fifth pick. Do you know what Jaden Ivey, who was the fifth pick to the last NBA draft, got from the Pistons? 18 a year. 
He 50. signed a $33 million contract. Fully guaranteed. Yeah. That is, and it's going to go up, right? You hear in the NBA all the time, hey, cap's going up. So to be in Brandon Miller's situation, to be having the season he's having, to get that text and to go, yeah, man, sure, I'll bring you your gun. How stupid can you be? I I just, that, I, I do not understand that, man. Like, you get that text. The one thing you do, you call, you say, hey, dude, whatever you're doing, get the hell out of there. I'll come pick you up. I think he was the one that dropped him off. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll pick you. I'm not going to bring you a gun, but I'll pick you up, man. Everything all right? There's a lot of other things you can do than hand delivering the guy's gun to him. At what? Midnight? One in the morning? I mean, on the dumb scale, that's like a solid 9.7. Yep. I mean, dude, I read the details of this, and I couldn't believe it. And we'll get to Nate Oates' statement, which was then followed up by another statement because his original statement was so god-awful. But this this situation at Bama has become very complicated. It's, Dude, it's gross now. I mean, what in the world? Yeah, well, it's gotten – you're right. It's gotten incredibly complicated, but – it ain't that complicated to me. You take a gun to somebody that then takes it and shoots someone. I'm not saying you're guilty of murder, murder but you're guilty of something. I, I'll say that, and we're not lawyers, right? I don't know what the what makes you an accessory to murder in Alabama. I don't know. So I'm not going to say, like, I feel like if he was an accessory to murder, he would be in jail. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But the dude didn't even miss a game. No. And it's not like Nate Oates. He wasn't going to miss a game moving forward, according to Nate Oates. It's like. Here's the Nate Oates quote from the original statement on Tuesday before he realized how stupid what he said was and made another statement. Can't control everything everybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew that was going to happen. Wrong spot at the wrong time for Brandon Miller. Wrong spot at the wrong time. He brought the gun. He created the wrong spot at the wrong time. I I just, I don't know how Alabama just keeps letting him play. Like this is, you talk about a PR nightmare and... And this is the thing, like Nate Oates, you have to assume, and he said it, they knew about Brandon Miller's involvement in this entire thing. So it's not like he hadn't talked to, you know, the university council and maybe the president and the athletic director about like, hey, what what are we going to say here when these details eventually come out? And that's what he went with, dude. (laughs) Like, how on earth? Well, you know, here's the thing. It's like Nate Oates is going to get, and rightfully so, he's going to get a lot of blowback from the statement stuff and 
and the fact that Miller's been playing. But I that decision wasn't made by him. Like that's over the top of him. I feel yeah, I think you're right. Right. I mean, like, it had that's to. A, that's a university president, athletic director type of situation. Everyone's in the room. Everyone understands the the uh, the situation, like what went down. I don't think it's like, what do you think, coach? You know, it's like that's that's above his pay grade. I would guess. I. I am with you. I mean, I just. That's an all timer, man. We've seen some some athletes over the years do some really dumb stuff. Bring in a loaded gun. At what, one in the morning. When you've got the basketball future that this guy's got. It's just unbelievable, man. It's un, it like I, I read. It, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Gonna be a top five pick. About to have so, just an and 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 I know talented people have done a lot of stupid stuff throughout the years. I understand that, but damn, man. Well, I and I don't know like what his like he said. I I don't know the the firearm rules in Alabama. I don't know what the what the legal system says about his his part in this whole thing but if he's drafted and i'm guessing that he's going to be especially if he's found to not not be charged with anything there's going to be some civil suit action coming after that big money i just wonder if we've there's no way we've heard the end of this for everyone involved at alabama oh not not with the way this blew up today like they're there's going to be some digging, man. Who knew what? Uh, I'm interested. I, and uh, there's a bunch of Bama fans out there going, he didn't break the law. What, what's the whole big deal? It's like, if this was an OU player, I'd be like, what the hell? Well, I I don't know if he didn't break the law or not. Like, Neither do I. There's a written letter of the law. But let me tell you something. If that was my daughter and I knew that he hand delivered the gun that shot her, you think I need a written piece of paper, a law to tell me that what he did was wrong? I don't think so. There's a little common sense to what we're all talking about here. We know that the whole chain of events started with him hand delivering a gun well past any time where there's target practice going on. Crazy, I. It's a bummer, man. I went. I thought he'd look good in the Thunder jersey. That's why I'm so upset. Ah, the the whole thing is just it's. Dude, this is this is not the end of this. Right? I, I, I feel like this is about to blow up in a big way because remember, a couple of weeks ago, Nate Oates got a contract extension. Bama made a whole big deal about it. Huge deal about it. Yep. And he comes out and puts his foot in his mouth with this statement and then puts the other statement out. Well, oh, no, 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 I'm taking this very seriously. But they well, knew 
Brandon Miller delivered the gun that eventually murdered that woman. And they're like, hey, man, you're all good. Let's go. Lace them up. Get us 18 and 10. That blows my mind, man. I mean, they, they, like, here's the thing. Like, he's a freshman, right? Yeah, one and done. Stud. I'm guessing he uh, he lives on campus, and I doubt that they're supposed to be storing a gun and university housing. I don't know. I guess I don't know. Maybe they didn't. He didn't come from there, but. I, it doesn't pass the smell test. We all know that something wrong went down. Yeah, that that's ultimately like there's right and wrong. There's right, right? and wrong. And this feels wrong. Yep. That was a very serious ending to episode 294. <laughs> but it's like the big, it's the biggest story in college sports right now. Oh, I yeah. mean, yep. so. Sorry if that was a bit of a downer, ladies and gentlemen, but uh We'll see if anything more comes of that. All right, we'll have a new podcast that'll drop Sunday. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on SiriusXM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. We always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time.